Michael Caine, his cameo. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. Um, it could have been anyone. Just leave Michael Caine alone, man. Just let him rest. Welcome to the Lockdown Yard Podcast, where we discuss all things TV and film. My name is Ed. And you know me, my name is Charles. We're not experts, nor are we people with deep industry knowledge. We're just fans having a group chat with you guys. So enjoy the show and let us know your thoughts. See you in the lockdown yard, baby. This is my, it's my, it's my turn to do the intro. Oh my yes. face. <laughs> the you intro of the guests. Yes, you do. All right, let me give this a spin. Introducing this week, we have a self-proclaimed tenants expert. Yep, I'm putting the pressure on early. Woo-hoo. By the end of this, we should all be able to understand tenant like ABC. Mm-hmm. But the management, we call him the management supreme. This guy is <laughs> the number one manager I know. We should really get him to manage our football club, Manchester United. Just send, him, <laughs> just send him your CV, man. So, no, there's no hope with that team. There's no hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've known this guy since since before a lot of things in history, man. Before COVID was even a word, man. Back in 2003, introducing my boy Eman. What were you saying, Eman? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. No, thank you. I mean, as as I was saying, you know, love the show. Been waiting. I've been I've been telling you, Ed. I need to come on and teach you guys about Tenant and Nolan. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm here. Long time coming, man. But as as Thanos said at the very start of Infinity War, dread it, run from it. <laughs> the Tenant <laughs> review arrives all the same. Yeah, we've been putting this off because that personally, I'm, I'm confused by this film. But you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm, I don't get this film. I tried watching it backwards. It still didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um. Oh, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. Where, where should we begin with Tenet? Because we're talking about Christopher Nolan in general, but obviously we're going to dig into Tenet more. But is is this your favorite Christopher Nolan film? Well, what what are your favorite Christopher Nolan films? Okay, I'll do I'll do my top three. Um, okay, okay. I'd say my favorite Christopher Nolan film has to be Interstellar, um, okay. and maybe it's because um, I have a, a science background, so I kind of like science, I like physics, chemistry, all of that stuff, and then to see it all mixed in on the screen with a bit of drama, a bit of action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice experience. The, my second favourite Nolan film, and this has, like, it's been hard. It's been hard trying to choose this. But I think it has to be The Dark Knight. <laughs> um, it has to be The Dark Knight. We love The Dark Knight around here. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. I, although I always say, I always say this to Ed as well, I feel like the whole Dark Knight series, um, the Nolan series, it feels, for me, focused on the villains. Like and their kind of background and that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I do think. Um, why is Jason Statham in my head? Not his name, Christian Bell. <laughs> Christian <laughs> Bell. I think he's a really good Batman, but I feel like the whole story it's more it's more about the villains. You want to know about the villain. You want to know what you know what his strategy is. You know mm-hmm. what kind of in in I suppose in terms of the the Joker, it's all about his game theory. Of what what um what society is like in Gotham, and you can play them against one another. Um, I like that. I like that. 
But I think the and then my third and final film has to be Tenant. It has to be Tenant, and I'll explain uh, why. I'll explain why. I, it's it's not it's not it's not your typical movie, obviously. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> In terms of bringing concepts to life or to to cinema theater, I think it's one of the best ones out there and it's definitely in my opinion the best time related movie out there okay the best time related movie that's a big shout i'm trying to think of i mean that seems like christopher nolan's thing isn't it yeah i think it's good i think i think that's probably accurate because time travel on cc like back to the future for a really basic example mm. that's probably not how time travel works <laughs> no so i'm, I'm not going to base time travel off that i'll base it off tenet before i'll base it off that or interstellar even okay i'll i'll flip it and say obviously tenet's not one of your least favorite but what is your number one least favorite nolan film then after three that's just Ooh. one i'm not going to say name three just just one that you're like eh you know what it's gonna it's gonna sound unfair I feel like actually there's 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 one there's one um Nolan movie I actually haven't seen which is criminal um I think it's Memento um but that's a classic yeah that's that's, that that that's a classic as well but everything else I've seen I've seen um we spoke about that magicians one the other day as well oh the called. prestige the prestige I've seen that um obviously the Dark Knight series we're just talking about Nolan produced and like directed um, movies aren't we so um yeah. it's unfair but it's almost like i don't like batman begins maybe it's because i don't remember oh it. no we're gonna have to we're gonna have to discuss this another time man oh man <laughs> i think it's unfair though I, I haven't seen it in a long time so maybe maybe that's why that's fair. I thought you were going to say... I was going to ask you, um, have you seen this first film? Insomnia, right? No, following. No. Because, we, because we're going to talk about Nolan today, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> it's like an hour long. Oh, wow. It's, okay. It's proper, proper low-budget, black and white, four by three. But you see the early stages of his like non-linear like, storytelling. Oh, it's, yeah, really, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. It looks like a student film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. One hour. That's a whole episode of fucking Netflix. <laughs> I was saying like every every Nolan film deserves its own like discussion or episode in its own right. Mm. But yeah, we're just gonna brush on, you know, the highlights of his career from our eyes and whatnot. I think mm. my favorite Nolan film oh, I think it would have to be The Dark Knight, to be honest. No, sorry, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. <laughs> I rate Batman Begins above The Dark Knight. Yeah, Personally, yeah. I know it's controversial, but that's yeah, just you know, it's you, my man. personal thing. But Dark Knight is very, very close behind that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inception is also up there for sure, man. Inception is mm-hmm. a classic, absolute classic. Mm-hmm. I was even surprised it wasn't even in your top three, you know. But um... you, yeah, no, I think it was Tenant that pushed it, push it out for me. Can't wait to get into that. And Charles, man, give us, give us your top three. My top three. All right. For me, personally, N- Nolan really creeped up on me in Inception for the first time. So I'm going to mm. say number one, for nostalgia's sake and getting me used to his kind of storytelling, it's going to be mm. Inception. Inception was your first time, but you watched Dark Knight before yeah. that. Yeah, but I know, but that was more, I associate that one with Batman, even though Nolan 
heavily oh, okay, put yeah, foot yeah, down yeah. in the Batman. But mm. I feel like that's a very Christopher Nolan's um, Inception is like a very him project, mm. whereas Batman is kind of he's doing his own spin on it. So Inception is my number one. Love the visual effects because I'm into have visual have. I'm into visual effects because of my uni. So when seeing nice. all the mirror effects oh, yeah. and, the par- and the parallels and the that 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 stair thing, I can't remember what it's called, but the paradox stair thing, I love seeing. Ah oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of um, well, Doctor Strange, isn't it? Multi um, multi world as well. I can't even speak. Multi world madness. Yeah, yeah. It's a mad yeah. title. <laughs> <laughs> Making the title so much longer nowadays. <laughs> yeah, they really yeah. are. Um, number two, um, I say the Dark Knight definitely, mm. and three. You do the Joker quotes. <laughs> you cannot can do them, okay. <laughs> um, and the third, I think it, it might be Interstellar. I need to rewatch it because I feel like I don't understand a little bit. Just because I'm gonna gripe into this, I am gonna gripe into this later. <laughs> sound the sound, dude. The guy could do a visual feast, but I eat my ears, my ears, my ears. I can't hear. We're gonna get all up. Listen, we're gonna cook him. Christopher Nolan's a legend, but when it comes to sound, he's gonna get cooked. But we'll get to that. Oh, no yeah, worry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was saying just though, I like the concept and I did like the visuals. I just want to understand it more as well. So mm. I'll rewatch it. I hear that. I was I was gonna say side note. I blame Inception for the lack of quality in the the Dark Knight Rises, because um it seems like he just put his all in. Because Inception came out in twenty ten, yeah. Dark Knight yeah. Rises came out two years after that, and I just felt like Nolan made Inception because he wasn't really expecting to make the Dark Knight Rises, but because of the success of the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. the studios. I feel like the studio really they had the money, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I just felt like it was so uncle- so many unclean bits of action in that man. He's just like, yeah, man, just have your damn your damn trilogy. That's it. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's yeah. what that film felt like in parts. But obviously, you know, being, being well, well he's not he's not known for doing uh, sequels like that. What what trilogies? <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine yeah. him. He's like, I'm I'm exhausted telling this story now. Um, I want to move on to the whatever the next project's going to be. Exactly. Um. But um, yeah. I mean, Chris Nolan and and Tenant. Uh, I suppose we might get might as well get stuck into that. Let's um, do it, man. I've been putting it off for too long, but it's, it's like that yeah. coursework. That coursework, like... you're like, ah, it needs to be done, but <laughs> yeah, okay. You're like Doctor Strange. Teach me. Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I I think I think there's there's three. Well, maybe four things you kind of have to address with this film. The first thing was, I honestly think the time it was released in at, at, at was really poor. I think uh, we had been stuck at home for about, what, maybe a year? Just under a year because of COVID. And this was going to be one of the first releases in the cinema <laughs> coming back. <laughs> I remember Chris Nolan said this film was going to save cinema, I think was his word. I think yeah. Those were, those were his it, words. No, not that type of film. Not, not that type of film. I feel... I think that was the arrogance, man. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You, you're gonna play my film on the big screen. Yeah, this was at a time where they were just everything was just going to streaming left, right, center. Yeah. Somehow Dune, big, big Dune, ended mm. up on streaming, but Tenet didn't. Dune didn't blow up a plane. To be honest, 
in hindsight, I think if you if he was so desperate to release it, then obviously you wouldn't have made more money on it. But he should have released it online. He should have streamed it because then I think a lot more people would have understood it when because they would be able to like play back. You can't go to the cinema and play stuff back. Like, you just have to wait or buy another ticket <laughs> um, um, to to kind of like go back. So that's that's my first point. Um, the the other the other three points. So. Um, Number one, yeah, I suppose no one, when it comes to cinema in general, just movies in general, people like to get it straight away, <laughs> yeah. and they don't, they don't want to have to go and rewatch it because they don't understand something. But I feel like that's exactly what Nolan wants you to do, watching the movie for the first time. You're meant to get confused and then think, think of the whole thing as like a, a pincer maneuver. Uh, we'll get into that, of course. Oh, the temporal pincer movement. Yeah, I was gonna say I appreciate Nolan when it comes to all the, when it comes to films like that because he wants to make. I've said on previous episodes he wants to make mm. us think. He's not gonna. Yeah. I'm not shading any other franchises or studios, yeah. but he likes to make us think, and yeah. he doesn't just hand it to us on the plate. There's not a single Nolan film I've watched and I've been like, ah, this, this is too easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's made me think. Even his earlier film, earlier film, not simple because he does it in non-linear, so it doesn't make sense why seeing things mm. happening. He doesn't explain it. He breaks it down and lets it get yep. its own. It's Nolan, man. Classic Nolan for sure, but yeah, man. So, so he plays on that, and obviously he knows what he's doing in terms of, okay, I know you're not going to get this, and, and you're going to watch it again. And that's why I kind of go back and say, if it was streamed, if he released it on, on a streaming platform, I think a lot more people would probably understand it from... From when it was released, um, my, my my third point is gonna be around the fact that there's not much character development or depth, and I suppose if you're that sort of person who wants to fall in love with a character, or like you tend to watch movies for certain people in it, and you want to kind of explore their kind of I don't know, character arc and stuff. You know, mm. we don't even get to know the, the protagonist's real name in the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah, so that sort of stuff. I think the only person we, we really kind of relate to in the whole movie is um Kathy, is it Kath? The the wife. The wife and we yeah, and we kind of yeah, we kind of yeah, we kind of understand the pressures and I suppose her feelings towards her son, who might be nil. Um, <laughs> um, oh, that's a whole another. That's a whole another. Yeah, that's a whole another episode. But um, and and that's about it. We don't really un- and maybe Sator's rage in the movie. That that's those are the only kind of emotions or feelings we we kind of get in the whole in the whole movie. Um, so yeah, I can understand if you don't you wouldn't like this type of movie because of that. And then the last, my last point would probably be around the science of time travel. And mm-hmm. I think I think I think that goes. Yeah, I think that's with every movie. If you're not gonna kind of understand the mechanics of how, like, the time travel works um, in 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 the movie, then yeah, you're not you're not gonna really enjoy it. Like, it's, even with the MCU, you know, when um, obviously with the whole Infinity War and and Endgame, them going back in time, I was a bit worried that they wouldn't explain. I mean, it's, I suppose it's still up in the air in certain, with certain things, but I was a bit worried that they couldn't explain time travel accurately mm-hmm. enough without leaving plot holes. And I think it's, I think it's arguable. I mean, it's, you could argue there are still plot holes 
with oh, any yeah, game. Yeah. Big ones. <laughs> um, but I'm sure, you know, the next couple of movies will kind of hopefully explain some of those plot holes as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I suppose if all, yeah, if for, yeah, if you hit all those four points, there's no hope for you in terms of understanding this movie. Like you're just, you're, yeah, you might as well just give up. But I mean, if, if there's just one or two of those points that you fall under, then yeah, I, I do think there is a chance of you kind of understanding where the movie's coming from. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, 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 the, and it's concepts really. Oh right! I was going to say, you know, when you mentioned Sato's rage, the the bit that came to my mind was when he was he was just spitting and just what was he <laughs> vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do remember that. I remember what's his name, the protagonist, <laughs> the protagonist's reaction to not getting hot sauce in the restaurant. That was a pretty oh, emotional yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I really... Uh, no, yeah. Um, I, I, so I suppose I might as well talk about the concept, right, in terms of talent. And... Yeah, man, let, let's go from the top, man. Like, it starts out with the opera, and then just go from there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so where to start? I suppose, yeah, it starts out with the opera. The, um, the protagonist is trying to... has a mission to save... Um, it, uh, an official, I've forgotten the, the official's kind of relation. I, I think it was a US kind of, I don't know, ambassador or something at the Opera House. A terrorist organization comes in uh, and it seems like they are trying to, well, do their terrorism and, <laughs> and lock down the venue. And, mm. and I believe they're going to try and obviously kill this official. So the protagonist goes undercover or alongside i believe it's russian is it russian or, or ukrainian ops i think it's ukrainian i think ops. it was yeah, ukrainian ops yeah. yeah so so mad that we're talking about um yeah so he goes undercover pretending to be one of the spe- special ops he finds this um political figure they you know they do that call sign ah oh, should have watched it what was the cool oh, side? Um, we live in a twilight world, and then he has to respond, there are no friends at dusk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they do the cool sign. Um, he says the cool sign, and he says he's got the he's got one of the items, well, one of the nine, I was going to say, the one, nine, one of the nine pieces of eight, that's part of the yes, really? <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the pieces of the algorithm. <laughs> one yeah. of the pieces of the algorithm. Um, and he's got it in his coat pocket, so... Uh, uh, actually, just before he goes after that piece, uh, actually no, it was actually just after. Yeah, sorry, he goes after the piece. He manages to meet up with his team, saves the guy. He thinks he saves the guy. He gets the piece um, with his team, and they go out of. They they leave the venue whilst the pr- protagonist stays because he noticed that they're planting bombs in the ho- opera house, and obviously there's civilians there. I love that scene, by the way. I love that that whole opening sequence. Yeah. 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 So it's very action packed and yeah, uh, from the from the from the start. Um he's then trying to collect all the bombs and as he's collecting all the bombs um at one of the real spe- special ops um oh, yeah. officers they blow his um, cover. Blow his cu- blows his cover. However, the protagonist is saved by someone who has a backpack and a red string attached to it. It wasn't originally part of his team, 
what just happens to be there. And I suppose the most important and the most significant moment in that scene is a bullet reverses from the wall through the bad spec ops guy and into the gun of the person who saved him. And then he runs off. (laughs) And then he runs off. Um, I remember, I remember that that red ribbon thing. It was, yeah. it was like a split second, and you're like, "Wait, mm-hmm. that's important." Yeah. Like, if, if you blink, you miss it. Kind you of. You missed thing. it. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Everything, everything in all of films is important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, literally. I can't look it, it means something. <laughs> Legit. But then we find out yeah, that thing, that whole thing is a test, right? So yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. test by basically, you know, spoiler alert. By him, <laughs> way yep. in the future, to hire him mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, which is it's confusing me already, man. Give it back to Eman. Give it back to Eman. You, you, you went too quickly. <laughs> that that was a bad job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, you're right, Ed. In terms of um, so oh yeah, so protagonist saves the day, the opera house, everyone in the opera house, um, and goes back to his van where he thinks his team is are all right and safe, but it turns out the people who brought them there actually worked for Sata, and they were trying to, well, get one of the pieces um, of the algorithm for Sata, and, yeah, they started to terrorize, terrorize. they started to interrogate the protagonist, um, and there's this pill that if a CIA-issued pill, if he takes it, um, the suicide pill. Yeah, the suicide pill. Oh, yeah, he dies. However, it's more or less a test, um, uh, and I don't know if it's confirmed, but yeah, it is, I suppose, meant to be the protagonist in the future, kind of testing him. I don't know why he would, he would test him. Or maybe it's just a way of trying to hire him anyways um, for this job, for the next mission. So they just want to see if he'll talk, basically. If under... Under any circumstances, are you gonna choose your life, or are you gonna just gonna die on the line? And he passed the test. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he passed the test, and his his boss gave him his new mission, which was to to solve or stop this war, World War Three, from happening. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think this this is probably where. I mean, if you're not already confused, this is probably where the, the confusion begins. Like <laughs> Later on, I'll get to exactly where this film lost me, but it's not till it's not till, till about just after halfway through, I'd say, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, also his boss gives him the, and this is very important, the gesture and the, the name Tenant. So. Uh, <laughs> didn't hear any... Charles, do you remember? We didn't hear shit. (laughs) It was over the waves. Over the waves. You can't hear nothing. We're about the opera. (laughs) Admittedly, the sound was really poor in this movie. It Uh, was really poor. Um, Particularly, any time they were on the water... The sound yep. of the waves, oh my <laughs> days! Is the kind of whole character too? <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, and it it probably was the worst time to have bad sound quality because um, the gesture plus tenant is very key throughout the whole movie. Um, anyways, protagonist goes um, has his orders or his coordinates to go and see 
a scientist to try and explain how I suppose yeah, I suppose it's the start of trying to understand how um, inverted people and objects work. Um, that scientist, that, that softly spoken scientist, scientist who again I struggle to hear. <laughs> and then there was that funny bit where it's just like, don't don't try and understand it, just feel it. Just feel it. And, and, just to, feel what, it. and to be honest, I feel like that's I feel like that's what Chris, um, Chris Nolan is trying to say. Is just don't understand this movie, just experience it. Like feel like. No. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like yeah, he goes to see the scientist. Um, they have a chat. Obviously, uh, there's a wall basically where all these bullets are already in the wall, mm-hmm. and and the scientist asks asks the protagonist to pick up uh, a gun which has no bullets in it and to more or less catch a bullet from the wall. Um, obviously. We, the audience, and I'm sure the protagonist at the time is completely baffled because it's like, you you know, how does this work? How, how am I meant to catch, um, catch, bu- catch bullets? <laughs> catch bullets. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of Rush Hour. My daddy won't a bullet with his bare hands. <laughs> um, yeah, so I suppose he lifts the gun, he, he catches the bullet, and he says, I suppose, what, what does, where does free will come? Um, into this, I suppose, if if the bullet was always meant to return to the gun. Um, and I suppose the scientist just explains, well, at the end of the day, you're you're the person with the gun in the hand. You're the one who, you know, if you never raised your, you know, your hand, um, yeah, the gun towards the wall, you wouldn't be able to catch the bullet. Um, so it's, I suppose it's the start of trying to explain how time kind of works. Um, in in this movie, you know the funniest bit about that section was when the scientists explained it. It was as if us, the audience, were meant to go, "Okay, yeah, that explains that everything." That makes sense. Yeah. As if that didn't raise more questions. <laughs> I, if I didn't feel dumb in that moment, I just, you know. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, based on what you said, this is my understanding. It doesn't matter when he decides to catch the bullet because he's already shot it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that okay. So, what if he's, what if he never came in the room, would the bullet still be in the wall? So it's more, it's more the fact that where, so you know, you know that t- phrase. I'm pretty sure they, you know, they always mention it. In the thing, whatever's happened has happened, and you yeah. no, you can't really try and change it because it's always meant to happen. So the bullet was always meant to be in that wall. And him walking in the room was always meant to happen. So not okay. So it's not trying to. Basically, you shouldn't try and change anything because it's gonna it's gonna happen anyways. Um, and there's loads of little scenes throughout the movie which kind of explain this. Um, I suppose the overall concept is the whole Godfather paradox theory of you can't go back and travel back in time to go kill your grandfather because that would therefore mean you don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if you apply it to this situation, it's more or less the same. Like, trying to say, oh, what if he never came in a room? Would the bullet stay in the, in the wall? Well, the bullet wouldn't be in there in the first place. 
essentially. Because he never yeah. came into he never met he never met the scientist. He never did it. Yeah. yeah. Once he yeah. decided to meet the scientist, that's what created yeah. the. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I'm getting it. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so so in, in in and then in terms of the whole movie, in terms of the whole point of the movie, which is to stop this, um, you know, Sata building this algorithm. Um, there are people in the future who think, actually, the best way to explain this is one timeline versus a multiverse of timelines. There are people in the future who think there is a multiverse, and if we destroy or reverse the, the surrounding nature, so the reason they want to reverse time, and I suppose what, what, what's happened to Earth is because of essentially global warming. In the future, the, the Earth is... Un, almost un, uninhabitable and this is their last chance to kind of save the, themselves so in their last chance effort they are going back well they're trying to reverse the entry, entropy of the world to a time where um obviously we wouldn't exist but the earth would be in a fantastic condition and they will be able to live so they really truly believe there's they can do that and they will still exist whereas in in this concept, in in I suppose Nolan's concept, it's it's more or less there's only one timeline, and is mm-hmm. and we have to close the loop essentially. I see, okay. kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Yeah. The multiverse. But talk about what. So yeah. say so basically in this film, Sato is pretty much the villain. Yes. So what well, what is Sato's plan? Would you say? So Sato is so it goes back to what he was doing as a I suppose a young adult, which was um, digging up uranium so he could or I don't know what what radioactive materials was um, in Ukraine and then selling them on. Yeah. So o- over years of doing that, he actually developed um, cancer. I think it was pancreatic cancer, which was oh you know, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah he wasn't he wasn't yeah basically he's not meant to live for much longer. Um, finished, and so these bad guys in the future who want to change the world so they can live longer, essentially, um, they send instructions to Sata and some gold to to help him kind of collect these algorithm, uh, the algorithm, sorry, um, build it together, um, put it all together, and then bury it for those future people to use uh, at an unknown. Destination. Uh, actually, it was was it Starks Twelve? I feel like it's called something Twelve. Um, mm. So the the point was, yeah, he would then bury this algorithm so the future can use it, and um, the point where he dies or he takes his life. That's why he has that wristwatch. He's always checking his heart rate and stuff. Oh, his pulse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his pulse mm-hmm. is when um, that will trigger the bomb to bury the algorithm. So that that kind of explains why. Um, why, so for example, the protagonist and, and the good guys had to let the bomb go off. So it made it yeah. seem that their plan, Sator's plan worked and the algorithm would be there. Okay. So, I remember that bit because like, wait, the bomb went off. So why isn't the world ending? Ah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's because, um, that's because of basically ignorance. That's 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 why they keep on mentioning ignorance is our weapon. The fact that Sator doesn't know that they've you know done a sleight of hand taking the algorithm um, mm-hmm. means the future people also don't know. They don't know 
Well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they go back to the spot, they dig it up, and they're like, "Where's the algorithm? Where's the algorithm?" Um, but yeah, yeah, that's 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 essentially what happens. Um, and then and they take. I feel like we've jumped like through <laughs> through so many sections to get here. But um, yeah, like that's well, what I understand by that is so Sato's plan is he, you know, he spent his childhood unfortunately around some radioactive materials and has impacted his health. Yeah, but yeah. instead of dying gracefully, he said, "If I can't live, none of y'all can live." So I'm taking y'all with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving something. That's 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 basically it, and it's quite it's quite ironic because Neil does the exact opposite. He actually, um, so obviously towards the end, uh, there's a scene at Stark's twelve where mm-hmm. the protagonist is trying to get the bomb, but the 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 door, the gate is locked. And Neil's, yeah, Neil's the only person who can unlock that gate. Um, but in the process, he gets himself killed. Um, oh, yes. He sacrifices himself. He sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. So it's quite ironic because it's, you've got Sata who who's, who's going to die. He wants to take his life and he wants to take the world with him. Whereas you've got Neil who actually knows actually towards the end, oh, I need to go back in and unlock the, the gate for the protagonist. And he has a slight feeling he knows he's going to die doing it. I, I felt like he didn't know he was going to die doing it. I felt like the protagonist knew he was going to die, but he himself didn't. Uh, the reason I say he knows is because um, he, he says a line in the movie. It goes along the lines of, like, this is the start of our friendship from his perspective, but the end from of, of his uh, but completely messed up that line, but it's it's, it's it goes along the lines of that. yeah, it goes on along along the lines of like this is the beginning of the protagonist's journey with Neil, and that's the, this is the end of Neil's relationship with the protagonist. Yeah, I think I've seen something like that. Right, you following Charles? Where we are we understand the tenets so far? <laughs> I'm writing down notes as we go, man. Oh, man. <laughs> have homework. When you actually go back and look at back at these scenes, it will start to kind of make sense and you start piecing things together. That's one of the, that's one of the things I love about Nolan films. I always like going back and picking up these details. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of his old films. Yeah. Nolan's Especially films are like coursework, honestly. He... It's not. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. hand it to you on a plate, man. No, no. I love that though because it's, it's quite it's rare great. these days. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. say, I'd say with with Tenant, I think it's. I mean, I watched it the first time and I didn't get. It. I mean, I got the concept, but the things that confused me the most were the scenes. So, for example, the the fight scene in the airport. Oh, between himself. Yeah, yeah. So again, that that was it was a weird experience because at the time I didn't know it was. The protagonist in the future he was fighting oh, and nobody yeah, knew and nobody um, knew and and the tussle was basically one one person was winning the fight in the moment so that's why it looks mm-hmm. so weird but then it's almost like once you watched it again and it's like oh, okay that's where he got stabbed and he was bleeding um in i don't know if you, you would remember as they were traveling back back to the port in the future yeah, blood started yeah, coming yeah. out of his arm and yeah. that's where the the basically he got stabbed um yeah, during during that, that fight because neil kept asking him what's wrong with your arm he's like ah oh, it's just a scratch yeah 
So, mm-hmm. and then you've got the other, and also just to mention that aeroplane, crashing the aeroplane in an airport, come on, that's that's pretty cool anyways. Like, that was an actual real life. I can't believe that stuff. <laughs> Only that, Nolan can get away with this. Only Nolan, I swear. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then that legendary feature from Tamwa and his very poor accent. Tamwa from EastEnders, you thought his accent was poor? I thought, I thought, I thought it was poor. <laughs> well, maybe, no, hey. no when, when he was out on the plane, um, and I, uh, what, did, what did he ask? It's like, does, does this look vegetarian to you? Like, <laughs> does like, what, it's like, what the, like, oh, God, Tamwa. Or maybe it's because I can't get him out of my head in terms of EastEnders. You, you, but, probably, you probably can. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, love, love that scene. Um, I think the other confusing scene, which um, everyone probably agrees, must have been the car chase scene. Yeah, because he was driving mm. forward and back. And, yeah. And then he went back to the car, to, car chase yeah. after he rode and drove. <laughs> 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 my track. <laughs> Make it make sense, man. This is why you're here. <laughs> So, so essentially, we've got the protagonist um, and the fire truck, um, and Neil and his his team trying to steal a piece of the algorithm, um, and which he successfully does. Um, mind you, before this, he doesn't know it's a piece of the algorithm. He thinks he's just trying to steal like yeah. nuclear nuclear parts. Or I remember um, that he he kept saying, "Man, what is this?" And Neil was like, "Just trust me, bro. Trust me. It's important. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Believe me." <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose that was the first time where Neil kind of revealed himself as, oh, I'm not just a a British agent. I'm potentially from the future. I'm here to help you and and kind of save the day. Um, So, yeah, he grabs the piece. And at the same time, a inverted version of Sata and his team appears. Reversing, actually. Yeah, that was actually a really, like, cool way to actually just appear. Reversing um, and kind of matching Neil's speed. Um mm. and then in the back of the car he's got uh, cat he's got his, yeah his wife yeah his wife yeah. um and he's threatening to kill her if he doesn't hand over the piece. Um and as he's doing so um and there's another random car which to be honest I don't think anyone questioned that random car in between both the cars. Um, the one that had that had randomly just appeared. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, anyways, uh, he throws. So the protagonist throws the empty box to Satar. Whilst he's doing so, um, he hides the one of the pieces. Anyways, they continue driving on, and Satar jumps in another car, leaving Kath. Is it yeah. Kath or Kathy? Um, I just said Kathy. Kat, yeah. Um, the spirit of EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, leaves her in a car while the car is driving backwards. Um, obviously, the protagonist being the protagonist, you know, does his hero hero moves, uh, stops the car, saving Cat before it crashes, and at the same time, they get ambushed by Sater's men again. And that's when Neil plays his card. And um, I always forget the name of the team. But anyways, he's got this... Time team, let's <laughs> call, call it that, that just comes and uh, rescues them. But in the same, well, not not immediately, um, Sata's men grabs uh, the protagonist and they start to interrogate him um, looking for that piece. Now, this is 
when remember I was saying earlier there was a bit in the film that lost me. It was this bit. This bit. Okay. What happens where they go into the blue and red room, one yes. on the mm-hmm. either side, and then they go into the turnstiles and then everything yes. just kinda Ah my head, please explain. <laughs> so please. so the colours no, so the colours are key. Red is everything that's going forwards. Yeah, and blue is everything um running running backwards. Um so you have to think about this. The satyr, the inverted satyr we see during the car chase, he's already been in that room. He already knows, he's already done an interrogation. And he, you know, that's the, 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 the inverted satyr that we've seen is actually in the future, in his future anyways, um, right. going, going, going forward. The one, who, the one who catches the box. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so in this room, obviously he's, He's he's demanding. He he wants to know where the piece is because at, at that moment he doesn't know where it is, and the way it works is he then brings Kathy. So Kath well Kath is not inverted yet. He just takes her, brings her in the room, and that's when he you know begins to interrogate her. Well, inter, inter interrogate the protagonist using Kathy to get to him. He mm. shoots her with an uh, with an inverted bullet. And that's very key also. And um, he, you know, the protagonist lies and says, uh, he left it in the BMW. I think that's something like that. So from that point, Sator, inverted Sator, then goes then goes off to try and join the previous, what we've just basically discussed, looking for that, for that piece. Um, and at the same time, the time team, the good guys, arrive and more or less scare off Sator's team and men. Um, okay. so that's when I suppose the protagonist is now like, okay, Neil, what's going on? Because he kind of knew every step we were going to make. He found us mm. as, um, so basically he thinks Neil's been kind of squealing and obviously Neil bringing his boys is a big like, oh, what, like, this is meant to be a secret. Why, why does, you know, why do, why do, why do you have an army? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, the protagonist kind of agrees to, well, he, he tries to convince everyone to go and help, well, help Cat, Cat by kind of keeping her inverted so her, her wound can heal, as well as go after um, the piece of the algorithm. And at this point, um, this is the first time, and I suppose this is the first time for, for the audience of actually seeing what it's like to be inverted. Just because you're inverted doesn't necessarily mean you're traveling. You, you know, you're not just go, gonna go through a turnstile and appear at a certain time. You're actually gonna be aging normally, but you know everything around you will seem as if it's going backwards. Okay, so, so that's why the the seagulls were flying backwards, and he was yes. stepping in puddles, but the, yeah. the splash was the other way, and yeah, that. exactly. And driving was so difficult for him. So he got in a car. You know, he's trying to drive and joined the, the the fight as it was happening um to try and track him um track what was going on he put his airpiece or one of the trackers in the empty box which satan must have just thrown away once um once he realized um it it didn't have any anything in it um and then anyways he tracks the box to i suppose the the the, the car chase scene that we were we were talking about earlier um mm-hmm. and and in that moment, that middle car that no one noticed, we would discover, oh, that car was the inverted version of the protagonist getting involved with the fight. 
That and, was crazy. Yeah. And um, instead of hiding the piece in the BMW, like he lied to Sator, he actually threw that piece to the inverted version of himself. Um, and at the same time, Sator realized he saw this. He basically saw what he saw the exchange, basically. Yeah. Letting the BMW get away, uh, Sator more or less crashed into to an inverted version of the protagonist and his car was obviously totaled or written off and Sato obviously comes collects one of the pieces and he says oh well you, you know you never you nearly got my heart rate above 120 or something I don't know um, and yeah the car explodes and because it's oh, yeah, inverted because yeah, yeah. he's inverted everything just gets cold for him yeah he just, yeah, that bit was weird because I missed the line where they said um Fire turns to ice. So when the yes, car exploded, yeah. then he said, I was so confused, man. Oh. Yeah, but uh, I was confused too, but I kind of understood. It must be some kind of opposite. Effect. Opposite, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was big. I was, I was smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just think of the inverted world as opposite world. That's it. Yeah, essentially, that's, that's, that's it, really. That is really it. So does that make kind of sense, or do you have any, do you have any questions around it? <laughs> What are your questions? What 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 are your questions? Okay, you probably answered it already, but why was the protagonist behind everything? Can you explain that? So it's almost like the the, the, the protagonist in the future becomes some sort of all knowing superhero because he's lived, he's seen it all, and he's mm. he's lived it. He's able to then send not only Neil back, but perhaps maybe other members or of his team back. Um, to 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 kind of, I suppose it's tie up loose ends because essentially the whole movie is about loops and closing loops. Essentially, mm. Mm. oh, that's why he shot. Uh, okay, so that's why he shot Priya in the car. Yes, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. All right. You know what? This movie does make more sense. Okay, I said I have a load of questions, but just more to do with things that happen possibly after the film because you found out the end of the film is. Pretty much, that's just a start, really. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. So I'm just if, theorizing things that could have happened from then up to when he starts tenant. Time-wise, the the room, the the red and blue room, where you know Sato captures the protagonist, is actually the 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 furthest point in time, and potentially the war that happens, or it's not really. I don't want to use war. <laughs> <laughs> the fight, <laughs> the fight is uh, Stark's twelve is the very earliest time point in the movie. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I get that. Uh, All right, I'm going to give like as like my personal synopsis, and then if it's wrong, just say. So, mm-hmm. the overall plot of the film is Sato is obviously he's dying from. Being around too much radioactive stuff, mm. so he says, "I'm gonna kill everyone with me because that's just how he is. He's a villain." Yeah, but the protagonist pretty much wants to stop that, amongst other things. But that's yeah. one of the main things he wants to stop. So mm. he, in the future, he's in the future, but he's he has this organization he started called Tenet, yeah. and he just goes back in time and goes through all the emotions. You know, he hired Neil to help guide his 
also through to try and stop Sato. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the very simplistic version of the plot of the film. Yeah, that's basically it. Okay. All right, all right. Okay, get in there, get in there. Okay, I'm not going to summarize it quite like him. <laughs> I just know that I feel like I, what you said actually does make sense, but I haven't watched it in a while, so I need the refresher. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to watch it, then I'm going to listen back to this episode, and then I'm going to be like, Ed, text email and say, I understand it fully. <laughs> it has a full combo. <laughs> <laughs> because I think I just need to watch it again. Yeah, with with subtitles, with subtitles. Oh yeah, subtitles are key. Okay, we got to mention just sound, bro. My man can do so much visually. Why can I not hear anything? <laughs> and it's not just in this film, by the way. It's not. It's in Interstellar too. Mm. Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises. I remember reports of their, you know, when uh, when they screen films for. In, for internal stakeholders, the the higher yeah. up, just to you know make sure they're happy with it. Yeah. There were apparently there were complaints about Bane's muffled voice and stuff. Yeah, didn't he have to reshoot the whole? Well, everything he was doing. Not reshoot, but the the sound design. They had to go back and just make it a bit clearer, to be honest, because it was a big problem apparently. And then, as Charles said, Interstellar, great soundtrack. But oh yeah, no. Hans Zimmer is just. Well, see, Hans Zimmer didn't do Tenet, but, yeah. No, he didn't, but I swear, because of the sound quality, not the sound quality, the just the loudness of Interstellar, it felt like a music video for space. <laughs> I could actually pick up the plot. It is true, it is true. That is true. It's like, Murph, Murph, honestly, that's my one main criticism of Christopher Nolan, when it, it's the sound, and sometimes, I know, you know, Tenet is a work of art, but sometimes the plot can be a bit overcomplicated. Mm. That sometimes it loses you. But it's taken me how long? It's, that film's been out for a year over, uh, just about I a think, year now? I think it's, yeah, just over a year. Well, just coming up to a year, maybe. I don't remember, but only now am I starting to really get it. Mm. Fair enough, I haven't dedicated my whole my whole year to understanding it, but still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. But it, like I think, I think with Tenant, it's one of those things where once you get the concept, you start noticing even the small things. So, for example, in the car chase scene, um, mm-hmm. you don't notice it at first, but when they jump in the BMW, the right wing mirror is missing or broken. Oh, okay. and then during the 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 car chase scene, the once the I think once the revert the inverted car or whoever the inverted drivers are hit the the wind mirror it then looks brand new so there's this little little things like that throughout the whole movie and that's why I say in terms of concepts like when you it it like it's probably one of the best movies because you like it just goes right over your head mm, I see um, I was gonna say who who were you guys favorite performances in this film. The actors who who stood up, mm, not not the protagonist actually. I'm not gonna say the protagonist. John David Washington. Yeah, I don't. He, he, he's a good actor, but in this, he didn't stand out the most to me. Mm-hmm. I say the one that stood out most to me was the wife, because I feel like I think we said it at the beginning yeah. of the episode or something. Oh, Elizabeth Debicki, yeah, she's she's yeah. quality. Yes, mm. she, I just connected more with her because she gave more emotion. Like I cared what happened to her, mm. as well as vaguely caring what where, 
uh, to me, the protagonist and the story kind of go hand in hand. The character attachment was more to the wife. So I'd say the wife had a more stand-up performance. Michael Caine, his cameo. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. Um, It could have been anyone. Just leave Michael Caine alone, man. Just let him rest. You'll never rest. I'll I'll say um, well done to Robert as well. Robert Patterson. Um, Oh, yeah. It's not... It definitely doesn't feel... I mean, he has a wide range, but... Like, yeah, I think he did, he played his role really well. And and I think one of the reasons a lot of people, for example, say um, Neil is Maximilian, Cat's child, is, um, well, Robert apparently doesn't dye his hair. However, for this movie, he dyed it blonde, which is the same color as, as Maximilian. So that's one of the key, and it would make sense, you know. But would it? Would it? Oh uh, well, in, in 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 the future, obviously the protagonist has some sort of um, relationship, or has a relationship with Cat. So it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of takes Maximilian under his wing and kind of trains mm. him up, and then the, sh- the future boss of Tenet gives him a job when he's older. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Hmm. Oh um, man, that's a whole other. It is, it is. I'm just about that. that that's an exception, bro. You know, he doesn't do sequels, so this is gonna be, yeah, that's theory. it. That's it. <laughs> this is gonna be a complete theory. I'm not gonna get a sequel to exception, too. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I quite enjoy Kenneth Branagh's performance, you know, as Sato. Yeah, so, yeah, Defo, Defo, shout out. He had range, he, you know, when he was when he needed to be soft spoken, he was. Mm. When he needed to be threatening, threatening to cut his throat and shove his balls down his throat and stuff, mm-hmm. when he needed to be ve- be shouting at his wife and stuff, he, he had the range, man. So I he enjoyed did. his performance a lot. He did, he did. Yeah, Cat and Sate are hundred percent. Uh, yeah, favorite characters. They made it, to be honest. I think so too. Yeah. All right, man. I can I can definitely say I understand Tenet more now than I did before, you know, this podcast episode, for sure. <laughs> I mean, what are you saying, Charles? <laughs> I like these kind of films, because you actually get to discuss it with different people and understand it in different perspectives. It's good. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one that has been discussed numerous times. I remember the only film I did this with recently was Us, even though that came out, like, two years ago. Oh, like, just man. discussing what the ending meant and the interpretation of what the rabbits meant. I always like thinking... No, us doesn't make sense, by the way. I, that's another one. That doesn't make sense. What do you mean? It makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Different episode. Different episode. Yeah, man. All right, E-Man. As we like to do with a few guests, we're just going to find out a bit about your film tastes and whatnot. Oh, right. Okay. A couple questions. So, I, I guess I'll ask this one, which is always appropriate. If you had to record a podcast episode today on any TV show or any movie, we'll, we'll do two, two answers, one for movie, one TV show, and you, have to, you didn't have the chance to do any research, what no. would it be? Ooh. Um, okay. TV show. To be honest, I'm more of a movie guy. Um, but yeah, in terms of t- TV, I probably... Uh, it would probably be Narcos, to be honest. Narcos. Mm, yeah. I've heard so much about Narcos, I just haven't watched it. Uh, I watched I watched like two seasons of it. I haven't finished it though. Yeah, no. But it's good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, 
No, yeah, no, no research. And then uh, in terms of movies, ah, where where to start? Um, I probably I'm tempted to just cop out and just say one of the MCU films. To be honest, um, it probably probably Infinity War. To be honest. Oh yeah, okay. that's probably that's yeah, very easy to to digest. You prefer Infinity War than Endgame, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> do oh, okay, welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Yes, good. I prefer Infinity War over Endgame. It was so much darker. It had more stakes, and they lost. Yes, yeah. you never see the heroes yeah. lose like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, good answers, good answers. Next one. What's it? One film that you like. That is widely thought of as dead. As in, everybody hates this movie, but you like it. What, what do you mean, like Tenet? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. To be honest, uh, yeah. To be honest, yeah, it would probably be Tenet. I don't think people hate Interstellar as much. And the funny, the funny thing is that the concept of time in in Interstellar is essentially the same as Tenet, just expanded. Um, but that, we can get into that in another day. And finally, just give us a film recommendation, man. Um, I'm already watching Tenant. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, whilst we're talking about Nolan, I, yeah, no, 100%. Go watch uh, Interstellar. Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think it's because there's actually even more of a character development especially I won't ruin it for you people but there's more there's more depth in terms of character development you, you develop a relationship with the characters the f- that fumed in meme to hell on TikTok and Instagram reels that, that crying scene with Matthew McConaughey <laughs> no 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 <laughs> oh gosh and actually not not to forget the lineup as well. The the, the cast is actually quite. You got Matt Damon. You got um. Mhm. Uh, oh, what's her name? What's her yeah. name? Um, oh, uh, Jessica Chastain, right? Yeah. Jessica Chastain. Yes. Yeah. His daughter. Yeah. 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 Michael Caine is in this one, is he? Yes, he is. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He, he had a more. He had more of a role in this one, actually. Yeah. So yeah. You oh, don't um, miss. But speaking of all star casts. Oppenheimer, which is Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan's next film, upcoming film. I'm sure you guys have been seeing all the cast announcements. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I see our names, names, and names, bro. <laughs> that payroll. Oh. It must be crazy. It must And this it's is gone. this is um Nolan's first bio, um, bio isn't it? Um, no, no, he did yeah, Dun- Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, that's that's not really this. That's not really the same though. That's like that's over a, a real event, yeah. But this is a yeah. biopic, which yeah. is about a person. But Oppenheimer yeah. is also about an event, isn't it? I, I, about, I, about, I thought, about, yeah, I thought it was about the actual uh, or Oppenheimer, isn't it? Oppenheimer, uh, yeah, Oppenheimer and his role. Yeah, and his role in the development of the atom bomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, kind of, kind of. But this cast is crazy, man. I'm looking at the names. Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh. Florence mm. Pugh is obviously huge now. Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah. You have Iron Man, Robert Downey. Robbie, yeah. You have Oscar-winning yeah, yeah. Rami Malek. He did uh, Freddie Mercury. Ah, yes. Yep, yep. You have um, nice. Matt, da- Matt Damon again. Right Matt there. Damon's in it as well. Wow, okay. That's good. Kenneth Branagh again. He's becoming a bit of a regular. Mm. That's good. That's good. 
It's good work. That's good. Oh, dangerous. Some big names. Oh, you got your guy. It's got your low. Oh, it hasn't got all big names. It's got your guy, Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. yeah. And it's got the, the Baba Yaga, the Baba Yaga guy from Ant Man, too. <laughs> Oh, God. they got him! Oh, this is like oh, this is legit. This is legit production now. Let's go. <laughs> oh gosh! But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it should be good. Another one that I'm not going to understand the first time. So we move. <laughs> of all the ones he's done, this has to be the one we understand the first it, time. It, right? it's, it's, true. Wild, that is, it's a wild. It's a Everything, every, everything is on Wikipedia. So, so yeah, should. You can't get that wrong. Um, but did Oppenheimer just time travel? <laughs> I have noticed every time Nolan does a very confusing film, he kind of dials it back with a cheeky real-life biopic slash event film. So he did, obviously, Interstellar, which was a bit of a, a mad one. Then he did Dunkirk, which was obviously based on a real event. And then yeah. he's done Tenet, so he's going to do Oppenheimer next. Hmm. So he's given us a bit of a break, which is decent. I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, that sounds good. And to be honest, it'll be good to see Robert. I know Robert Downey Jr. has done other stuff, but it's, it's so hard to shake Iron Man off. So let's let's see if yeah. you can take biopics seriously. <laughs> Legit, man. Yeah, you can. You probably can, man. I'm still waiting for Sherlock Holmes 3, man. I uh, really liked his, his depiction of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, he just needs to sort of that accent that he did in the Doolittle film. That was he might have lost it. That was weird. Best not to. Best not to. Yeah, man. That's been us for today. Thanks for coming through, you man. No worries. Yeah, yeah no worries. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nolan expert. Feel free to come through on any future apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Always welcome. And if yeah, no, I suppose if any any listeners. Have any questions about Tenant? They can, they can. I suppose send it through to you guys, and I'll, I'll try and answer them. <laughs> yes, yeah, we get a form going, man. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Un- unpaid internship. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't quit your other job, man. You just keep that job going. Do this on the side. <laughs> oh yeah, is there, is there anything you want to plug? We never actually asked that before. Is there anything yeah. you want to plug? Um, no, not, not at the moment, to be honest. I've been very quiet on, on, I'm meant to have a podcast coming out soon, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep the, I'll keep the name under wraps for now. And yeah, you'll know, you'll know. I should even have mentioned at the start, we even used to be in the, on the podcast. Yes, the one we did. Two pod. Yes, one, yes. I think Charles, Charles used to listen. Yeah. Yeah, man. One, two. <laughs> yeah, no, oh gosh, that was like two, three years ago now. It feels Papa, like, yeah, yeah. First time we've been on the pod since, so yeah, yeah. Memories, memories, but yeah, man. Until next time, we are out. All right, peace.